It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. We have time to let this roll or you want to just do combat player? All right, I'm sorry, Jake. We'll get to we'll get to our I waited like two seconds. Our... I waited two seconds just to get like a couple extra beats in there for people. The people who missed the, the stovetop era. Bring it back. All right, we'll summer. uh yeah, we gotta we have to do more stovetop on the show. We'll get to our bets for sure. tonight coming up in twenty minutes, but for now, uh we'll wrap up P squared B squared NFL awards. I had a week seventeen with comeback player of the year. Or I'd very much like for Damar Hamlin to not win. Uh he's still a favorite in the betting market, although Narrowing a little bit. Hamlin's still a huge favorite. Hamlin minus 300, despite, you know, never playing. I like how now when he does play, he's like the personal punt protector. And like it sounds like I'm like bagging on him. Like I'm not. Like it really is like amazing that he's playing. Also, like I don't think he should win this award. Hamlin minus 300. Flacco plus 300. Baker plus 700. I think, Ken, you and I have said this on the air. Like why are those, why are they not priced like exactly the same? Tua, 14. Stafford, 14. Lamar is 50. I guess, like, could Tua ever be like, I I, I don't know. What do you think here? Comeback player of the year. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Man, what are we going to do for content when this award goes away? It's like an hour every single week. Uh, yeah, uh, we actually kind of have a lot to go over in this one, I think, actually. Um, it's been a really, really interesting uh, week and two weeks, really, for this award. Uh, we wondered in the middle of the season uh, if you have like a really strong anti-Hamlin position like I have. We kind of wondered like would any of these candidates materialize. I, I said a lot, especially like in the second kind of third of the season. All I wanted was to like create the conversation uh, with puts put up some reputable kind of like strong contenders against Hamlin and let's see how people really feel about this. And the conversation I think would be fascinating. I think that's actually the word that I used and I wasn't sure if we'd get there, but man, if we got there, I felt like the conversation would be really interesting and drive some movement in the betting market and maybe end up with a kind of a, an unexpected winner. And we've accomplished kind of like the first couple steps of that in the last two weeks. So I think the stigma around discussing whether Hamlin should get this award is starting to go away. And what I mean by that is people are feeling freer to have this conversation, which is a big step. Like this was almost like a cancel culture thing in the middle of it. Like you couldn't say that it couldn't be him. And now we're everybody's saying it. 
everybody's talking about this award and whether Baker Mayfield should win. Both Baker Mayfield and Joe Flacco both asked about it in the last couple of weeks during their media availability. Like, how does it feel to be a contender for this award? Okay, cool. Like, the stigma's gone. Now we're just having a conversation about who should win. Great. Like, if you bet anti-Hamlin, you needed that to happen so that we could start having the conversation which would lead us to a non-Hamlin winner without everybody yelling and screaming about something stupid and childish. So, like, we got that part down. Uh, another really important thing that happened this week, I think, and this will get this will get a little subjective. Uh, I think another thing that happened this week is, and this has to happen too. If you're trying to beat Hamlin, you need this to happen. We need the number of candidates to narrow to as small a number as possible. Think about it like a like a presidential election, right? You have the conventions to nominate your candidates because if you ran four Republicans against a Democrat or vice versa, they'd split the vote. You'd have no chance. And I think people understand how that works in voting for awards too. We're not gonna get to one, I don't think, by the time the season. Season's over, but I do think we have seriously pooled around Flacco and Mayfield as the two guys. And oh, yeah. I see people, I see people still tweeting like, "Well, Tua, da, 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 da. again, it's not what we think anymore, guys. Not what I think, not what you think." The like, sort of, the people have spoken in terms of like, who's getting asked about it? Who are people on television talking about? What's happening? Like Teddy Bruschi, I know, made a case for Tua on Sunday NFL Countdown, so he's kind of this fringe third guy where maybe he gets a couple votes or whatever, just like. If you're consuming any of the content about this, it's heavy Flacco Mayfield and light on everybody else. That's a big step because if you get to the end of the year with like seven candidates, that means you really have no candidates and they're all going to split votes and no one's going to win. So the fact that we got to two, really like two strong ones, maybe we get to one by the end of the season, which is actually ideal. Really, if you're trying to beat Hamlin, you would rather have one person that the non-Hamlin people will all vote for. Um, but I think that's even an important step. We're kind of down. It feels like we're down to two to a certain extent. So I think that was a really important step too. Now, like, are they going to win? What are voters going to do? We, again, we have like no polling on this at all. Um, <clears throat> just that the the best way I can put it is I'm really optimistic and I wouldn't say like confident yet, but optimistic that this can get pretty crazy because all you want, like if you had a strong anti-Hamlin position, all you want is for the conversation to be going on. You want everybody to be talking about it, even if like some of the responses are, ah, it's still Hamlin or like, no, like I'm not going to change my mind. It's still him. Like you need those points of view to be attacked basically. And for them to be scrutinized and for this conversation to happen. And that not only is it happening, it's happening in spades this week. There's a ton of content about this award this week as a, as someone with these positions, I couldn't be happier that that's happening, even if sometimes the response from some voters is going to be, and we would, you could predict this, like some people are going to vote for Hamlin to win this award, like clearly. Like Peter King, who definitely votes, uh, he's going to vote for Hamlin, I'm almost positive. He voted for Nick Gates last year. He He's voting for the story. Like that's what he's going to vote for. Like you know you're going to get some. And I think the question we have to figure out here is, is this still something that's worth betting? I think that's like the question that we have to figure out. And... I think if you were going to bet into this market right now, let's say you have nothing and just, oh, this, this is all getting very interesting. Is Hamlin not going to win? I kind of want to bet this. Uh, I would view Mayfield as the much more attractive candidate of the two at price to make the bet. Uh, first of all, if you if you are going to go by statistical performances, yes, the Bucks are more likely to lose this week, but home Saints is a much more attractive matchup than a game with a total of 34 against the Jets defense, just for Flacco continuing this crazy run that he's on. And think like Baker with a big statistical output's more likely than Flacco. Also, some of the people who have been on the record as anti-Hamlin winning the award because he doesn't play very much have basically, uh, Mike Florio would be the most popular one from Pro Football Talk, has been 
okay, well, like, I don't want to vote for Hamlin and I'd go with Mayfield. And this was true in midseason and it was true last week. So even though Flacco is getting a lot of run for the award, push comes to shove. I'm not sure he beats Mayfield if they're both really good. And if the prices were the same, this wouldn't be a discussion. But the prices aren't the same anywhere. Mayfield's a much longer price. I don't agree with that at all to Nick's point. So I think Nick, like, there, I have a couple other things on how the voting works for this that I think are very interesting. But just to kind of catch our breath here a little bit, I... I think I'm starting to get a little more optimistic, a little more confident that we're sort of headed toward something pretty interesting with this award and that the prices on the two players that we bet, among others, are going to continue to improve. It's just like, do we like one over the other? Is there still room to make bets here? I'm starting to believe the answer to that question is yes. I, I am starting to see some people, like, kind of like, I, I agree with you that I I do think that Baker is the more attractive candidate than Flacco. Baker's yeah. also played All the season. entire season. Yeah. Exactly. And, and look, like, so I think if you had to bet one right now, I think it would be Baker Mayfield. Um, but look, like, we could do the show tomorrow, and Flacco could throw for 200. I don't think he's— Definitely. He's not throwing for— Yeah. Like, we could come on the show tomorrow. Like, okay. I mean, to be fair, he does it every game. He can't do it tonight. Like, he could. So, it's possible. Um, I mean, that's, you know. Okay, so let's say Flacco throws for 252, no picks tonight. Browns win— 23-6, whatever. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and, like, Flacco gets the post-game interview with the Amazon crew, whatever. Uh, what's what's his price tomorrow? Well, there's always so much resistance to moving Hamlin's price. Remember, it got to, like, even money for, like, two weeks, and it got way back out again. It, it's going to go down, probably. And again, like, play this out. We do this sometimes with MVP. Like, what defense are you facing? What's the total? Okay, like, you know, Purdy's price was likely to drop for a couple weeks. Okay, like, play this one out. Hamlin's doing nothing. These guys are doing something. Where do you think the price is going? Even if you think he's Hamlin's going to win, you must also concede that the market is probably going to get more interesting in the next two weeks because we actually have compelling candidates now. It's We're not looking for them anymore. It's these two, and everyone's kind of in on this. So, like, the market's going to keep moving to the point that literally we could end up having to bet Hamlin at some point just to be like, well, let's just bet him because let's make sure. Um, yeah, I think Flacco's price drops, and then you wait till Sunday and you see what Mayfield does, and the same thing happens, uh, depending on the results. So, yeah, like, maybe maybe in one way Flacco's safer because he's more likely to win. On the other hand, like, is it just about winning the games? If they both at the end of the season end up making the playoffs, does it matter that it was this game? These are kind of like the subtleties. I'm not sure they matter, but I, I think what we're saying is like both are attractive candidates. Just maybe the price point should be a little more similar just to put it kind of simply. What, what else do you got here on comeback player of the year? I think the voting for this is going to be absolutely fascinating. Um, and I like the sort of uh, minutia and the, like the mechanisms around the voting. So I've seen just to like really sort of, uh, whatever, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, shoot down something that's out there on social media a lot that I see, because now like a lot of people are talking about this and people are coming into the conversation, but maybe not equipped with like how everything works. Uh, there's a lot that like, well, if Hamlin's a finalist, how do they not vote for him? Uh, that's not how finalists are determined for any of the awards. People can vote for whoever they want. And the three people who get the highest point totals are the finalists. 
So like, for example, you'll see people that aren't finalists get first place votes. Josh Allen got a first place vote for offensive player of the year last year. He wasn't one of the finalists. That's not how this works. The finalists are basically an invented thing to build drama and like be, you know, sort of like nominees for the Academy Awards. Right, exactly. So like, that's all the finalists are about. Don't think about finalists at all when you bet these. Don't even come close to thinking about them. Not a thing. Don't listen to anybody who says it's a thing. Okay, anyway, we got that out of the way. The voting... I think ranked choice makes this incredibly interesting. So there is one aspect to the voting that favors Hamlin really strongly, which is that there's only one of him and there's a lot of guys that potentially voters could vote for that didn't want to vote for him. So other, you know, let's say Flacco and Mayfield and Tua all split votes. That makes it more likely that that Hamlin wins. So he has that going for him. That one's really obvious. That's not a ranked choice thing. That's just a normal how awards work thing. However, Hamlin is a really what I would call an all or nothing candidate potentially. And I could be wrong about this, but I will be really curious. Let's take, so there are 50 voters. Let's split them in half. No way. 25. No way he's off. No way he's off ballots. I think he's on every ballot. I think way, way he's off ballots. Absolutely. I don't know how many, but I think he's going to be off some ballots. Definitely. So let's, let's play this out. 25 people vote for Hamlet, 25 people vote for somebody else. By rule, the people that vote for Hamlet have to vote for someone second and third. The importance of having one or two contenders like behind Hamlin is you need all the Hamlet people to list those guys second and third. You need all of them. So like you need everybody who votes Hamlin to go Hamlin, Flacco, Baker, or Hamlin, Baker, Flacco. Like you need all the Hamlin ballots to come in that way. Because again, Flacco and Baker are probably going to split the firsts on the other side. So the way they make that up is like let's be honest if the and i like i actually feel i'm surprised you're so resistant to this because like if hamlin's not going to win we also have to be open-minded that he won't come in the top three on people's ballots because if the idea is i don't want to vote for him because he doesn't play very much like then it's a question of eligibility not like candidacy it's like i can't vote for him because he's like not he doesn't play he's not eligible and like you're gonna fill out a ballot and go like flacco hamlin baker like you're going to make that value judgment. That's a bizarre ballot because it's like, well, Hamlin matters enough to come in second. Like that doesn't make any sense. That makes it. no logical sense to me. The argument is not, does it make sense? It's like, do I think that people would do it? And I think the answer is yes. Okay. So if someone like, let's say just like privately says, I don't want to vote for Hamlin because he never plays that same person's putting him to, that's a weird reason to put him to. My senses, I think that, I and I can ask some people, I think you're right, and maybe this is kind of like a cancel culture-y sort of thing, even in a private ballot. I, I think he's getting listed on every ballot. I think that people would almost be like, I have to put him on the ballot even if he's not number one. Well, I think the people that are, but I think what you're, what you're talking about are the people that are going to vote him first anyway. Like that block. Because like, like that's cancel culture. Like, well, I, like yeah, it's, it's him, the end. Like those are the people that would be concerned about it. Like the people that are going to go in a different direction are already going to get crushed. So um, I, I'm, I'm really skeptical of that because like if the whole point is I don't, I can't vote for a guy who doesn't play, then like, but you can, you put him second. And so it's almost like, is he eligible for those voters? And again, like, like I said at the start, I don't, I'm curious how this is going to go. This is not like I think it's going to go a certain way. I'm curious how it goes. 
because we know like the people who are voting Hamlin are probably voting one of like Flacco, Mayfield, Tua. Like they're voting for those guys second or third. Those ballots are easy to figure out. We also don't know how many of them there are. Because um, another part of this, which we can do at some point, is there's this assumption that there's this big silent majority that's in for Hamlin and we're all trying to convert them. Like we're all trying to convert this people. We don't know they exist. We don't even know who they are, but we just assume there are like 40 of them. And they're just Hamlin voters and they need to be won over. What if that's a big assumption and we're wrong? And I, they didn't it, really it feels know, like and they it. didn't exist. It feels like that, right? Why would they be silent also? Why wouldn't they just be like open about it? My it's thing like, is I think they exist. I think there's just like ten of them. Yeah, I think there's just like five of them or ten of them. I don't think there's that many of them. That's just that's just my guess, my sense of what it is. Like I don't I think there's this assumption there's this big silent majority that's just lining up to vote for him and they all must be like peeled off one by one and converted to this other way of thinking for us to have any chance. What if that was all hot air and that majority doesn't exist at all? And like prove to me it does exist. Like honestly. Like there's even articles written like where it's like panels of Hall of Fame voters and stuff. And it's like it actually proves that it's way split right now, that there's no consensus at all. Like no consensus. So I'm, I'm really happy with our positions now. I think they're going to continue to age well. I don't know if Hamlin's going to win or not. I have no prediction. Um, I think our positions are going to continue to age well. I think we're in really good. I think we got a good shot. Well, you know what we need tonight? Wacko for Flacco. Yeah, big time. On the other uh, side. Bets, Wansky bets for Stefanski. For yeah. <laughs> On the other side. And uh, something for Garrett. Piles of money for Miles. On the other side. Bets for tonight. NBA, NHL, Jets, and the Browns. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.